I'm excited about today. We are wrapping up a 13-week long. Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. And rather than correcting issues and problems, he's sharing with them that you're going to have difficulties in life. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be problems that you face in life. But no matter what you experience, you have the opportunity. You ready for this? If you've been here during the last 13 weeks, you've heard this a lot. You have the opportunity to choose what? Joy. You have the opportunity to choose joy. And we're not just talking about joy that the world can offer. We're talking about joy in the Lord. Today, I want to dive in to this message. And I want to look at the idea of what does it mean to apply what we've learned. How many of you would agree with me this morning that this has been a very challenging yet beneficial series? Amen. Amen. Like this side of the room, got it. All right. Now, I'm not saying it's been beneficial or a great series because I preached it. But man, I'm saying it's a great series because it's the Word of God. And the Word of God pierces to the very core of our existence. It, it meets us where we are, but God loves us too much to allow us to stay where we are. He desires, He longs for us to move closer to Him. You see, it's one thing to come in and listen to a message. And we just stated, yeah, this has been a challenging series. But what a sad truth it is if we walk out the door saying this has been a great challenging series, yet from this day on, we leave it behind us. And it's brought about no change. There's a complete difference between believing it's a great series, agreeing in that moment, and truly allowing it to penetrate the core of who we are and move us closer to Christ. Let's look at this declarative that Paul shares with the church of Philippi. He says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, you've heard it many times in this series, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Would you read that scripture with me this morning? Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Now the word always here literally means at all times. I know that we've looked at this scripture a few times throughout this series, but I believe as I was processing through how to wrap up this whole 13-week time, I felt it was imperative that we spend some time once again to realize how vitally important it is to take the needed steps to practice what God has called us to do, to allow this life-changing challenge to be implemented into our everyday life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. And then Paul wraps that up by saying, I say it again, rejoice. 
I love how the message paraphrase reads this same scripture. Eugene Peterson writes it this way. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean revel in him. Oh, isn't that good? Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. Now, some of you are scratching your head right now because you're not really sure what the word revel means. It's not really a word that we use a lot. So I looked it up, and the word revel, by definition, is this. Enjoy oneself in a lively and noisy way. Come on, look at this. Celebrate God all day, every day. In other words, enjoy your life with Christ. Enjoy your walk with God in a lively and noisy way. Can we revel in God right now this morning? Come on, can we revel in God today? Enjoy your life with him. But how many times do we say, oh, well, pastor, my walk with Jesus Christ, it's a personal walk. And we just come into his presence, we just stand there. And sure, there are times that that's vitally important. The Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. We need those moments when we close our trap and just listen to him. We need those moments of of solitary, uh, just isolation with God Almighty. But here Paul says, celebrate God all day, every day, in a lively manner, with rejoicing deep on the inside. Celebrate who he is. I ask you today. Are you truly enjoying life the way that God designed you to enjoy it? Let that sink in for a moment. Are you, I'm not asking about the person next to you, but I enjoy life more than they do. I'm not concerned about that. What I'm asking is, are you, you personally, Are you enjoying life the way that God designed you to enjoy life? To celebrate God all day, every day, to revel in Him. More times than not, the opposite is the case. We fail to really enjoy life on a consistent basis. We may have flare-up moments every now and again. We may have celebratory moments from time to time. But all day, every day, oftentimes we fail. Sure, there are times here and there, but the majority of the time we don't really revel in Him as we should. We settle for whatever life happens to throw our way. You see, the idea of rejoicing, this idea of joy in the Lord, it's shared 16 times in these four short chapters in the book of Philippians. 
we see this idea of rejoicing in God over and over in Paul's words or his address to the church of Philippi. I truly believe that we are to, as Paul instructed the church of Philippi, to take the joy of the Lord to heart, to allow it to radiate through our lives on a daily basis. Now, some of us in the room today, some of us watching online right now, we're satisfied enough to revel in him on a Sunday morning, and we consider that we've done our duty. But can I just submit to you that I don't think a one day a week for an hour and 15 minutes is the relationship that God desires to have. I don't think that that's what he's called us to do. I believe that we are to revel in the Lord, to celebrate all day, to celebrate every day. I mean to rejoice lively in him, perhaps even noisily in him. So very quickly this morning, I know you're not going to believe this, but we're going to get through six points today. You ready for this? You better buckle up because we're going to hit these things. We're going to fly right through them. Take good notes. You can get the notes on the YouVersion app. You can get the notes through our church app. There are printed copies in the back. But take good notes this morning. Six reminders of a joyful life as we begin to apply what we've learned over the last 13 weeks. Let's look at six very quick reminders. Number one, daily surrender your life to God. Daily surrender your life to God. Why is daily important? Because Paul says, rejoice in the Lord, celebrate God all day, every day. And if we're going to celebrate him all day, every day, then we've got to learn to surrender ourselves to him on a daily basis. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. So here's what I want you to do. Paul is writing here. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Now, hold on to that. That's important. Because without the God helping you portion, the rest of this is going to be pretty difficult. How many of you know that in order to surrender yourself to him, there are times that we need his help to get us to that point? Right, right? Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Listen to this. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. We've got to learn to surrender ourselves, to give ourselves, to lay ourselves before him all day, every day. The word surrender, by definition, simply means to give up control of something to someone. To give up control of something for someone. If you surrender, then you stop fighting or resisting 
someone. Some of you, whether you realize it or not, whether you want to admit it or not, have been fighting against the things of God. Let that sink in. Some of us in the room today, some of us watching online today, we've been fighting against the things of God. What are the things of God? What are the things against God? Anything that's not pleasing to him are against God. Well, pastor, you're saying I serve the enemy? Well, I'm just telling you, if it's not of God, it's not of God. If it's of God, it's of God. Some of us have been guilty of allowing junk to take charge in our lives. We don't want to admit it, but we've allowed the struggle. We've allowed problems. We've allowed grief, hurt, addiction to ultimately run our lives. God says to you today, now is the moment, now is the time. Today is your day to completely surrender to him. Don't allow the issues in life to become the leader of your life. Let me say that again. Don't allow the issues in your life to become the leader of your life. Today is your day. Now is your time. Stop running, stop fighting, and surrender to him. Number one, daily surrender your life to God. Number two, daily allow God to renew your mind. Daily allow God to renew your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let me say that again. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. How easy it is, how quick we find ourselves falling into the trap, falling into the mold that culture or society wants us to fall into. But here, Paul says, don't copy those behaviors. Instead of copying what the world wants you to do, instead of falling into their little, little mold, allow God to mold you, shape you, transform you into a brand new person not just on the outside. See, we're not talking about a, a religious change. We're not talking about dressing up and putting on the right look and on, on the right clothing and on all this stuff on the outside. What we're talking about today is a change on the inside by allowing God to change the way that we think. And I'm telling you guys, if we don't take hold of this, Society is doing everything they can to change the way you think. Our students are being bombarded with this, let's be careful here, but brainwashing. Did I just say that out loud? <laughs> yeah, you're not the one on camera. <laughs> But it's true, guys. Society is doing everything they can to brainwash our next generation. 
we got to take a stand. Mom, dad, you've got to lead by example. Oh, but I don't want to upset my little one. I'm filtering right now. Man, you're not called to be their best friend. You're called to be their parents. Parenting's hard. We got to train up a child in the way they will go. And when they were old, the Bible says they will not depart. But if we're not training them up, the, soul, the culture, society is going to. And I guarantee you, they will not raise them up with biblical values. You don't believe that? Go to any one of our high schools. Go to any one of our colleges. Talk to any of our young generation. They are being bombarded with this trash that society wants to throw their way. Daily, daily allow God to renew your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Man, that's awesome. And we want to know what God's plan is for our life. That's one of the number one questions that I hear as a pastor. I just don't know what my plan is for my life. I just don't know what God has for me. You know how you discover that? You don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. But you allow God to transform you by changing the way you think. Why? As you allow God to transform you by changing the way you think, suddenly your thoughts are focused by his thoughts. So his thoughts become your thoughts. His way becomes your way. His passions become your passions. His desire becomes your desire. Suddenly, you're walking in step with the Spirit. You're allowing the Spirit to lead your life and to guide your life. Then you come to the realization of knowing his plan for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amen. Amen. Mm. But how quick we are to copy that which is around us. Again, the message paraphrase reads this scripture this way. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Are you guilty of that? Are you guilty of becoming so well adjusted to our culture that you simply go along with it without giving it a second thought? It's just the opposite of what God is calling us to do. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, come out from among the world. I should have gotten an amen. Thanks. Look what it says, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? This whole coexist thing is redonkulous. It is. This whole coexist, sure, we're to be in the world, but we're not to be of the world. 
We're to infiltrate the world, not so that they can change us, but so that we can take the word of God, the message of God, the truth of God, the freedom-setting moment of God to them. What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? What union can there be between God's temple and idols? We are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among the unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch any filthy thing and I will welcome you. So how do we make this separation? By daily surrendering ourselves to God, by daily allowing him to renew our mind, by daily spending time in his word, by taking captive every thought, every action, every response that is not of God, and fully surrendering it to him in prayer. Number three, daily evaluate your heart and actions. Daily evaluate. If you want to live a joyful life, folks, I'm telling you, you've got to come to the place that you daily evaluate your heart and your actions. Why is this daily evaluation so important? Why can't we just leave that for Sunday morning? I mean, this is the day, right? This is the time. This is when we gather together. Why can't I just say, well, every Sunday morning when I come into the house of God, then, then I'll evaluate my heart and my actions. Because we are to celebrate God all day. Every day. We are to revel in him. If we don't deal with it on a regular basis... That which we thought was no big deal becomes the very thing that takes control of our lives. It becomes the very thing that enslaves us back to the old lifestyle, that old sinful nature, that old disobedient life that we used to live before we came to know Christ. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says this, don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest about your evaluation of yourself. So as we are daily evaluating our lives, as we're daily evaluating our hearts and our mind, we've got to be honest with ourselves. The problem with self-evaluation is we tend to justify our actions and our efforts to appease ourselves. Well, I'm really not that bad. I mean, look at Pastor Luke. I'm not that bad. I, I, I'm better than he is. Love you, Pastor Luke. But isn't that what we do? Choose any person, any person in your life, and that's exactly what we do. We compare ourselves. We justify our actions based on someone else's or action or behavior. But can I just tell you, if it falls short, it falls short. Whether it's one inch or one mile. You don't believe that, then go to the Grand Canyon and try to jump. 
Whether you only jump three feet or you jump five feet, or if you're really good, you jump seven feet, guess what? You're still going to hit rock bottom. Because you're not going to make it all the way across to the other side. See, justification of our actions and our behaviors to our peace, ourself, is not going to help us at all. So we've got to do a, a true, honest evaluation of where we stand and what's happening in our lives. Because before we know it, we are so deep in the struggle that we don't know how to get out. Can I be honest with you today? Jesus is the victory you need. Jesus is the victory you need. Not starting tomorrow, not starting on election day, not starting next month, not starting in 2021, but beginning today because John chapter 8 verse 36 says, so if the Son, capital S-O-N, Jesus, if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. One translation says you are free through and through. Come on, that's good right there. We need to allow God to infiltrate all that we are by allowing him to change the way we think, by evaluating our heart and our mind on a regular basis. I believe that God wants to truly set you free today. Whether you're here in the room or you're watching online, God is here for you. God sees where you are. God desires to meet you in this place and to change you from the inside out. No more enslavement. No more roadblocks. No more justifying. But a life that is free through and through. If you find yourself losing joy in this life, stop and take an evaluation of what's happening. If you need to repent, guess what? Repent. If you need to refocus, guess what? Refocus. If you need to surrender, guess what? You need to surrender. Today, if you want to live this life of joy, if you want to daily experience this life of joy, you've got to surrender your life to God. You've got to daily allow God to renew your mind. You need to daily evaluate your heart and your actions. And number four, daily ask God to give you his heart. Daily ask God to give you his heart. Heart. Look what the psalmist David wrote in Psalm 51, verse 10. He says, create in me a clean heart. What does that mean? That means an a error-free heart, a, a troubled-free heart, a, a joyful heart, a heart after God. David says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. What is a right spirit? The word right here comes from the Hebrew word kun, kun, which means to be firm, to be stable, to be established. I wonder, have you allowed God 
to replace your old lifestyle, to replace your old heart with one that is stable, with one that is established, with one that is firm in you, in him. Psalm 139, David says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Can I be honest? That's a daring prayer. But how vitally important it is. Because when we begin to open up all the doors to our heart, when we begin to make ourselves vulnerable before God, then and only then can we truly make the changes on the inside that need to be made. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. I love David's heart in this psalm. You see, earlier in this chapter, David is processing through all the attributes of God. He says that God is all-powerful. That God is everywhere at once. That he knows everything about us. And yet he still loves us despite us. Then he makes this great statement. He says, search me. Search me, O God, and and know my heart. Lord, don't just look on the exterior. God, don't, don't look at the actions, Lord. But look deep down inside of me. Know my heart, Lord. Know my thoughts, O God. Test me and know all about me. Reveal anything in me that is against you. And lead me to your everlasting life. We must, at the moment that he begins to reveal it to us, as he begins to surface those items, we've got to give it to him. We've got to surrender to him. We've got to turn it over to him. Once again, allowing God to transform who we are. Number one, daily surrender your life to God. Number two, daily allow God to to renew your mind. Number three, daily evaluate your heart and actions. Number four, daily ask God to give you his heart. And number five, daily guard your heart and mind. So you've renewed your heart, you renewed your actions, and now you're guarding your heart and your mind. Philippians 4, verse 7. His peace, God's peace, will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ. Remember, God's peace is not contingent upon circumstances like this world's peace is. God's peace is not what this world offers. It's not contingent upon happenings or circumstances working out just right. God's peace, are you ready for this, is based on the goodness of who he is. God's peace is based on the goodness of who he is. He is a God of love. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of grace. He is a God who gives good things to his children. He is a God of forgiveness. A God of new beginnings. He is a God of second chances. He is a God of indescribable peace. 
I challenge you today, begin in this moment to allow God's peace to guard your hearts and your mind. It says in Proverbs chapter 4, guard your hearts above all else. Look at this. Guard your heart. Why the heart? Because it's the center of your existence. Guard your hearts above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The Hebrew word of, for guard simply means to keep above all keepings. To keep above all keepings. So above all, above everything else that you guard, you guard your marriage, you guard your family, you guard your bank accounts, you guard your passwords, your car, your house. Here the Bible says, guard your heart with more diligence than any of these things in life. Why? Because your heart determines the pathway of your life. If you're guarding your heart, if you're making it the focal point of all that you do, if you're allowing God to take charge of your heart, then all of these other things will fall into place. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what we're called to do, to guard our hearts and our mind above all else make sure that your guard you guard your heart first and foremost it truly is the roadway of your life this means guard the things that you watch on tv guard the things that you watch online guard the things that you listen to the people that you allow to speak into your life there's an old saying that says this, what goes in eventually comes out. What goes in eventually comes out. Well, pastor, it doesn't really hurt me when I watch those things. It doesn't affect me. Or the music I just listen to, I like the beat. It doesn't really matter what it sounds like or what the words are. Oh, I know they're a negative person all the time, but you know what? That's just them. What goes in eventually comes out. We're to guard our heart, to keep above all keepings. If it's not of God, then deal with it, remove it, rid it from your life. Don't toy with it, because if you do, it will soon take roots and begin to grow. I urge you today, begin now. Begin today to apply each of these reminders and watch what God does. Number six, daily share your joy with others. Romans chapter 12, six through nine. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Did you know that? God is the giver of gifts. And he gives us these gifts 
not so that we can hoard them for ourselves, not so that we can hold on to them for a moment when we're all by ourselves and, and use them for a, a, a certain moment, but he's given them to us so that we can do them well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. It's time that we discover what God has for us. How has God gifted you? But I truly believe that this list that Paul just gave us in Romans chapter 12, it's not a, a complete list. But I believe that he's trying to get us to, to process that no matter what God has placed in our lives, we must begin to share it with those around us. To me, it's absolutely amazing how that as we begin to invest in someone else, that blessing that we give out makes a complete turnaround. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to on missions trips. They go with this mindset. Man, we're going to go to whatever country and we're going to be such a blessing to that group of people. We're going we're to change them. And you leave that missions trip by going... I don't know what happened to them, but I know that God transformed me. But why do we have to wait for a missions trip to do that? Did you know that the moment you step outside of these walls, you've entered the greatest mission field? The people that you have the opportunity to influence every day, they're watching your actions. They're watching your responses. They're watching what you're holding tightly to. I challenge you today. Don't allow this study on the book of Philippians just to go in and out and miss what God has for us. Allow it to change you on the inside. Allow it to change the way you respond to this culture. The way you respond to this world. Allow it to change what you do each and every day. Rejoice in the Lord. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in Him. Enjoy life in a boisterous, excited way. Celebrate.